Hey, this is John Weston, and you're listening to the Five Arrows Podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us today. This is uh, John Weston. I'm joined, as always, with Scott Webster. Hello, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You excited for another fun-filled to some, boring to others podcast? No, that's a good way to put it. It is, for some, boring. But it, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I think uh, today's topic is an interesting one. It kind of overlaps with some things that we've talked about before. And I'm interested in hearing more specifically about the very particular part of the topic. I right don't on. have any experience with it, so I'd like to hear more about that. Um, why don't you set us up? What are we talking about? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about two-factor authentication. And you know, last week we talked about passwords, mm-hmm. using a password manager, and the importance of that. So we take that a step further, and really where credentials, like our credentials, our logins, our sign-ins, all that stuff... Where we've come to two-factor authentication is kind of becoming a required step in anything that we kind of hold important. So I wanted to take some time today to talk about that, talk about what it is, why it is, and actually how to make it work and not, you know, not make it totally overbearing, but just to kind of let us know what's out there. Well, it's it's a good topic because, you know, not everybody has the the practice of secure long passwords not everybody says uh i have a unique password for every account like there's a lot of practice what we preach that really doesn't go on right and uh two-factor authentication is a good way to say you know what your first layer maybe you do have the same password it's that second layer of protection that says hey somebody else got through your first layer, they know that password now. So that might be an eye-opening, you know, way to, to go in and say, maybe I need a password manager. Yes. But for now, this the topic of a second layer of authentication is really important. It is. And you know, just and just to really break it down, your first factor of authentication is your name and password. Mm-hmm. A second layer or a second factor or what is sometimes called multi-factor authentication would be any other levels of authentication to basically say I am who I am and nobody else that goes in addition to your name and password. So one of the things we mentioned last week with the passwords episode was about breaches. Sometimes when a breach happens, our password can have been compromised for a long time and not knowing it. Right. You know, we hear about Facebook saving their passwords in plain text. And I think I mentioned that too. And looking at that, like these are times when our information is out there open in the wild and we don't know about it yet. Yet We don't know yeah. to change it yet. So, you know, and we have the other goofy things where if we have our passwords written down at our desk or sitting in a Rolodex or under our keyboard or in our top left drawer or top right drawer, you know, these places where everybody keeps their passwords, it's not difficult to find. I I will not say who I know, but I do know somebody who has done both of these things. 
post-it notes on the monitor with passwords, and then digital post-it notes on the desktop of the PC. You're making me cry. <laughs> with usernames and passwords and these simple little post-it notes with all these other icons and things, but right there, bank name, <laughs> username, <laughs> password. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you know, just think very bad. That's you know how easy it is that I could just take my phone out, snap a picture of your desktop, Mm -hmm. bingo, bango, done. Yep, I'm I'm in. So and it doesn't have to be today. It can be months later that you do this, right? And they can't even imagine. Oh, what happened? How did what happened? Exactly. What did I do this week? What did I do today that they got in? Right. Like, I don't remember opening any emails today. It's such a good point because, right, good folks, I mean, not good, bad folks who are smart, you know, are going to cover their tracks well, right? You're not going to say, like, oh, I'm going to social engineer you or I'm going to get your information and I'm going to immediately do something. Like, no, you're going to require a little bit of patience Mm -hmm. and say, okay, you know, they don't expect anything. I don't think they're going to really, you know, think something's going to happen. Now's the time to do it. And you go through and you start grabbing it and and it's done. And right. So a username and password, there's so much you can do to protect against those things. There's some, and that's the last episode. Yep. So let's just assume we're beyond that. Now we're into. So now, right. We're beyond that. We're saying, you know what? My bank, I need two factor. My Gmail account, goodness, you better have. Yeah. Two-factor. Any of your email accounts or financial institutions, investment accounts, um, major bills, if you, you know, like probably definitely like a mortgage where it's something that identifies you, even utility bills mm-hmm. would be good because those are all used for identity theft. Right. You know, so if you think about the stuff that people can use for identity theft, people can use to impersonate you or just can take your money. Yeah. Those are the places where you really want to have this multi-layer Two-factor authentication. Well, in your line of work, too, with, you know, G Suite, that's something that, you know, as a as a hard rule, I would enforce as an admin guy and say, I'm going to make it so that every account that we open in this institution or under this yep. branch or this division require two-factor authentication. The user has no way around that. Like, right. I'll tell you, you what, force it. We, we did that. And um, at, a, at a location, you know, a few hundred users, we had a few times um, somebody would, uh, they, they, they received an email from somebody they trusted. That person's account was breached. Yeah. So since they thought they were expecting an email from the person, they linked it and said, sign in with your Gmail, your Google, your G Suite credentials. They signed in with their credentials, grabbed their contacts, shot them out to everybody. Happened three times in the span of maybe six months. Two to one guy, one to another guy. One guy twice? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Now you're making me cry. Right, <laughs> right after that, we instituted two-factor authentication. You know how many times it happened after that? I know how many. Zero. (laughs) Because it doesn't matter if somebody grabbed their username and password after that. Once that person signs in, it's asking them for that second factor authentication. And when they can't provide it, 
they're denied access to the account. Right. Game over. This this is something that and while and I'll get to this in j- real quick here of how it there there are ways that this can be compromised. It, it's the likelihood of it diminishes so greatly from just using a username and password. So get right to it. What are some ways we can do this? Mm-hmm. How can I set up two-factor authentication? What's out there? One of them is SMS, text messages, right? Text messages work. Um, th- this is like the sign into my bank account, sign into your email account, uh, sign into Mac does this. Windows, unfortunately, they're, oh, they're really falling behind on this. Um, they have ways of doing some two-factor, but it, it's not real good. Macintosh has it actually set up. Great. Uh, there's several Linux distros. Great. Google. Great. Chromebooks, Android, iOS, all that stuff works incredible. So you can have sign in my account, send me a text message. It sends you a six digit code. You put in that code goes. Mm-hmm. Do this. If nothing else, if you don't do anything else we talk about, at least do that. Now you will hear stuff on the news. If you follow this, if you hear about it, say, oh, well, SMS can be compromised. SMS can be um, hijacked. It can be impersonated. Yes, it can. And it is not the most secure. It's as secure as email. But it is still so much better than nothing at all. I Mm -hmm. mean, it, it makes it worth it to do it over anything else. Another one that you may be familiar with is Authenticator Apps. Google has Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, um, LastPass has an Authenticator, mm-hmm. Zoho has an Authenticator. A lot of these folks all have these Authenticators, and what they are is actually, well, I'll just say the the next one I'll say after that is an RSA token, and that's a physical like keyboard that you sit that will give you like the refreshing codes every like 30 seconds. Right. It's the same thing on your phone. What you do, you pop up your QR code, you scan it and your phone has it. So your, if you have like office 365 in your organization, or if you have G suite in your organization, um, you'll want to use that two factor authentication. And, And if your administrator or your it has not enabled that automatically, I mean, some organizations I know like one, uh, hospital, they really want to get there, but, there are some things they have to do first to, you know, to get there. So th- th- there are some reasons where this can't be enforced immediately, but um, that authenticator, you can have it on your phone and it's great. This is the only, one of my, one of the only things that kind of a setback here. Well, when you set up, it, well, if your phone gets lost, if it's stolen, damaged, water damaged, you know, something like that where it's like gone. Yeah. If you don't know where your backup codes are for all of these, you can lose access to your account. Right. And so it works and it's great. And I do use it for a lot of my, I mean, I probably have 14 different accounts on my phone with the Google Authenticator. Um, So it definitely works, but I also do know where all my backup codes are. Um, So if you have that and you have a good system, that's a great, great system. But it is also software, and you can always say, I mean, nothing is perfect. That's why I say, somebody asked me the other day, it's like, well, about like certain technologies, like, well, you know which ones are secure. And I probably didn't give her a real good response with my face because I know, like, well, 
there's nothing that's 100% secure. You know, we were talking to a couple guys from a bank the other day, and you right. know, they said, like, well, they used to tell people to not keep their checkbook in the drawer. Because right. it's like, well, yeah, because that's not secure. And, you know, and I know it's maybe stupid in my black and white brain, but, like, I know in reality nothing's 100%. But right. there are ways of really doing this. Now, the the next one, I'm, I'm just going to really look at one of these hardware tokens. So this is where it's a little bit different. Texting, texting, right? Authenticator apps, software. RSA token, hardware. It's linked up. That's a really good device. This next one is a YubiKey. YubiKey is made by Yubico. There's other ones. Google has a Titan key out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other folks out there. They're all good. Um, and I'll just... If you have a lot of Google accounts, which I do, and you kind of live in a Google world, which I do... I still have like this desire to keep separation of powers. Sure. You know, so like I don't want to buy a Titan key because it's still Google. And while it's a hardware key, there shouldn't be a problem. I just feel a little bit more confident in having that third party. Well, when you think about the idea of like if somebody is able to like really get into Google, like really penetrate them for however that looks, Mm -hmm. that's going to be on a large scale. It would be. And you would imagine that if they're that good at it, then they could probably go in and prohibit you from doing other, like, all of my two-factor authentication stuff comes to another Google account. So, like, I lost access to one a while, about two years ago, for about a week until it was ironed out because I had everything tied to a Google (laughs) Voice account. And I went in somehow, I can't remember what I did to do this, but all of my uh, text messages, all of my codes, everything was, I was blocked out of that for a few days. So I had to use backup codes that I had luckily kept, printed out a couple of copies at the office, some codes that I could use. But yes, if you're stuck in a Google world and you you would imagine like, hey, if they can get in and it's vulnerable, then who's to say that they don't stop the second layer from Google? Right. Like that's maybe they jumped everything to their Titan. Right. Here's how we got in. Right. And it's it's right. And you may feel like, gosh, that's just crazy. And I agree. I mean, the, the, the chances of that happening, I'm sure, are very, very slim. But it's just a little bit of comfort and peace to hedge know your like bets. you know what right hedge your bets just say you know what YubiKey's out there and the the Yubico they really they're the ones who pioneered this mm-hmm. i mean they they pioneered this technology and all it is is a tiny and I, I, like 1 inch by a half an inch maybe 2 millimeters thick mm-hmm. little stick that goes into your USB slot no power, no batteries. You can wash it. it, it you, you're not going to damage the thing. I mean, it can corrode, sure. but I mean, it's it is just a kind of I, I want to say a dumb device, but it's it's not a powered. It's not an electronic device. So what this does is it creates a pair, a handshake between the software that supports it in itself to do a one-time key. Kind of like those RSA tokens, those footballs. And, you know, like if you were from a kind of a major national player, you'll be familiar with what those are. They, you know, generate these codes like the authenticator. Well, these codes 
in the background, like LastPass, what we talked about, yeah. you know, with the passwords, they support YubiKey. So LastPass and the YubiKey, you pair that YubiKey and the LastPass together. So then when once it knows and once it authenticates that key to your account, you tap it once. It has like a little gold disc on it. You tap it once and it shoots a random string of characters to LastPass. LastPass says, yep, that is a string of characters from this authorized device. It does the magic in the background and goes. Google has LastPass support or device security key support. And so you can do the same thing. It can be your primary level of authentication. Um, and then there's a second. So there's what it's called two slots. So that's the the totally random slot. And that I mean, and really that's what you want because right. it is almost true random authentication that you cannot manipulate. You can't change it. You can't update the firmware Do on you Ubiquiti. See this is it like you a can. long string of numbers and letters? You can. Or? So if you um, open up Notepad and mm-hmm. press it, it's because it, it reads your computer as a keyboard. Okay. And so you can see the strings that it shoots out, but and you can just keep tapping it, and you'll see it's random. Okay. They're just random numbers. So it's so it has that two way authentication to it that it, it so you it has to be supported sure. by the other one. So like if your bank doesn't support it, it doesn't support it. I mean, it has to be supported. Um, but then there's a second slot. So if you press and hold the key, it's then a static character set up to 38 characters. What I mean by that is you can load in your own passphrase mm-hmm. in there up to 38 characters and it will store that. Now, this kind of goes back to a password practice, okay? Right. So, and I do this myself. I have, say for my for my Google account, I have characters that I know. I type in those characters that I know for my password. Mm-hmm. Then I take my YubiKey and I, press, I put it in, I press and hold it for a, two seconds, and it throws out another string of 38 characters that I don't know. Right. Then it has to authenticate to Authenticator, a YubiKey, the pop-down, whatever. So even in my password, I really have two-factor authentication because mm-hmm. it's something I know and something that I have, but not something that I know twice. Right. So you can, you can ask me what my password is on there. I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. Right. I have no idea what it is. Um, so it's another layer to set those really important passwords. And in all administrators, I mean, IT administrators, MSPs, if, you know, all administrators should be doing this with their password. I mean, there, there's just no, you have to. Yeah. Um, if not, they're really a risk to your organization. So if somebody's shopping around saying, oh, I want a guy to manage my services, that's a good question for them to ask. Oh my gosh. You know, that's such a good, I never thought about that. That's such a good point. <laughs> like, like, how do you manage your passwords? Yeah. Do you have a YubiKey on you? Do you have a tight, like, I would ask that now. Like, right. if somebody's trying to pitch that service to me, I'd say, tell me what you do, you know, to manage your passwords. Right. And if they're not doing anything like that, right. That I expect the professionals to be one or two steps ahead of what I'm doing. Yeah. If mine. they open up their iPhone and go to notes, <laughs> this conversation is over. <laughs> right. They show you a photo of some passwords they took. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, so that's, <clears throat> that's one of the reasons I really do like 
the YubiKey and just these, these hardware tokens is you can use them in so many services and more and more services support them. Um, and it is, it's, it's extremely secure. It works. You have the two factors and you can also have a backup. I mean, like LastPass will allow you to program up to five YubiKeys. So you have one, say on your key ring, mm-hmm. right? I keep another one in another plastic bag somewhere else. So in case I lose my primary one, I have a backup. Gotcha. And they come in USB A, which is the flat, normal laptop USB. They come in USB C. And they also come in nano sizes. So they can actually sit inside of your uh, laptop or desktop if they're already in a secure location. Um, Interesting. Now, let me ask this. It's hardware. Mm-hmm. is not powered is it something that somebody can like do i have to keep this thing updated as companies roll out different things and they offer support do i need to keep this yubikey updated are there is there a firmware flash so like, yeah so there's not and awesome it is awesome because you can't get in you can't play a man in the middle attack you right. can't do something where i've got a you know i downloaded a a malicious version of a firmware and now somebody else can have access to my data mm-hmm. can't happen you can't update it you can't make any changes the only thing i would say in terms of them going kind of you know the way the dinosaurs is the devices that you use them on so they have one one of their versions of the yubikey also has nfc on it so okay. your phone you can actually like right in you. I'm sorry, LastPass on like my Pixel Three. When I sign in, it'll actually ask me to put my YubiKey up to my phone. So you keep the YubiKey on your key ring. I keep it on my key ring, and you are prompted to use this thing on your phone and when you sit down at your computer. Yes, and, right. Okay. And even Google supports it. So like even Google, when I like sign in my account, all my phone. Like if I'm adding, if I like wipe a phone or go to a new one, it'll actually say. Put your uh, security key up to your phone, and the NFC will grab it. So I put that key up to the back of my phone, and it actually exchanges the one-time password through NFC. So some of that sounds like it could be maybe problematic or a nuisance or kind of like, oh, God, I just wiped this phone. I got to go find my – go get my keys because I just want to sit down here in bed and set my phone up. But that is a fraction of the pain in the butt of somebody who has access to – your data, your yes. bank account, your uh, online persona, or just your identity. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, and I think, I mean, there is. I mean, the security and convenience is a total trade-off. I mean, they, they have an inverse relationship. The more you have of one, the less you're going to have of the other. Sure. But I feel that this, to me, is a really simple way to add a layer of security that is so strong, so proven that it's not that painful. One final question for you. Yes. How much is a YubiKey? They are like 50 bucks. Okay. Um, so they're not like super cheap, but um, they are, and, and they, you can buy actually like lots of them um, for your business. So depending on what, how many you buy, you can actually get them cheaper. Okay. And they also have the different versions. So that kind of makes a difference too. But they, they start like at uh, 
35 I think it's $35. Okay. And they just kind of go up from there depending on what you want, what size you want. They also have ones that are only meant for FIDO, which is one of the Google uh, protocols, yeah. security protocols. So if you're just getting something like that, I think those are the ones that are a little bit cheaper. If you want to get one of the uh, heavier uh, secured with like a FIPS 140 encryption, like a security validation, those are going to be a little bit higher. Okay. If you want um, just a generic um, for U2F and FIDO2, which is mainly so like for Google and some other email providers, it's like twenty bucks. Okay. Um, so they're they're not they're not um, they're not terribly expensive. Um, you know they're not uh, extremely cheap. You know to just say yeah. oh I'll just buy one for everybody in the organization without sure. making a decision first. But give it to your IT guy. I mean you want. Right, you I, want that guy because he's the one that sets the restrictions. And I the feel protocol. if anything else, anybody in your organization that has admin admin credentials, admin access to your server or your QuickBooks, or any accounting software, your ERP, if somebody has administrative rights, this should be there on, on the accounts, mm-hmm. and you should really be looking at your passwords and how you're managing security. Um, outside of that, maybe some other key employees, but um, in a perfect world, yes, everybody would have great security, but a good balance to that would be at least get the admins to have it. Nice. So now I'm going to go look up YubiKey because I do have a G Suite thing and I have a variety of users under me and I've kind of enforced two-factor. Um, but... I know that there are times when I'll go to log in and I think, man, I leave myself logged in on this computer and somebody walks up, they can go in and start to change things. They can completely blow out email accounts and I can no longer have access mm-hmm. to them. They can change the password and then remotely start checking stuff later or whatever. Right. So it's um, definitely something that... But some of that stuff would, would still live there depending on when your timeout time is. Right. Um, but the... In, in terms of any remote or somebody's grabbed your information because they were there yeah. and then they went on to maybe they signed into Chrome and they got all your passwords because right. they viewed them from everything that you saved and then they started taking that and going somewhere else. That's a perfect, you know, that that, that kind of gives you the perfect reason. No, that's really interesting. I appreciate you kind of spelling that out because I've seen these things and I know what they do, but I didn't know to what extent. Awesome. Well, hey. Thanks for giving me a chance to talk about the YubiKey, and um, I hope to talk to you all next week. Take care.